Hey guys, Jim Cox, FFG Advisors, Park Avenue Securities, and I'm here today with an interview with Art Mitchell, and um, we've talked to Art before uh, about different issues around um, uh, retirement, but he has a new book out called Grateful Not Dead, and wanted to uh, kind of explore some of the subjects around uh, the book because really kind of drives into having a high quality, not just retirement, but kind of a reevaluation of how we deal with aging. So, uh, Art, thanks for taking the time to chat today. Thanks, Jim. I think you've pretty much said it all. Well, so are we done? I mean, that, that, can't, be, that can't be it. So um, tell us a little bit about your background. Um, how did you come to uh, write the book? Yeah, um, well, my background is um, over about 40 years. I've worked as a uh, consultant in environmental management, that's biodiversity conservation, climate change adaptation, coastal management, these sorts of things, as a, a freelance consultant. And I, I, I worked in all these different countries, and that was all great and challenging and wonderful. But at some point, I well, at several points, actually, I really wanted to just stay home. I wanted to, I live in the D.C. area, and I wanted to work uh, uh, work locally and just not travel so much. Um, so for me, it wasn't such a situation of um, retirement. It was moving from sort of a transition from being a consultant and then ultimately to become a coach, to become a transformation coach, I, uh, I learned over nine months at the, um, uh, what you, the Open Center in New York City about transformation coaching, and the process was transformational <laughs> for me. Uh, the thing is, um, when, when you do retire or when you do want to change jobs and you're over 50, you're going to face an enormous amount of resistance. Uh, both in yourself and from potential employers. In my cl- in my case, um, you know, I got a PhD in monkeys and trees, and I've worked in 17 countries, and I've worked over 40 years, and I'm a senior consultant, and blah 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 blah. So I I figured, well, hey, the DC area where I live, all the NGOs, government agencies, you know, they're going to be banging. <laughs> well, no, I never actually thought that, but I figured I'll, I'll definitely find something that's that's both uh, uh, challenging and in my field and, and lucrative because if I am going to stay home, I'm not in a situation where I can sit back uh, and live off my savings. I have to keep working. Um, but then uh, over and over and over and over and over again, it seems like somebody wrote the script for all these HR people, which was um, you're overqualified and we cannot meet your salary expectations. Of course, they didn't even know what my salary expectations were. That is a code for ageism. Hmm. So that's how I got into this. Um, it's kind of a long story how I wrote the book. Um, I guess we had time. <laughs> I, I, was, uh, I, I took a writer's workshop with Hay House in Orlando um, in uh, 2017. End of 2017. And I've written two books already. One was a novel, one's nonfiction. And I went there thinking I was going to take a novel I'd written, which was really, really horrible, and revise it 
and create something new. And then I was convinced through the series of speakers and talking to people there that I was really challenged to think about what exactly am I doing? Am I am I writing a book to make myself feel good and impress people? <laughs> or am I going to write a book that's actually going to make a difference uh, mm. in people's lives? And Nancy Levin, who wrote two wonderful books that people should look up, uh, simple titles, one's called Worthy, and the other one's called Jump, and her name's Nancy Levin. She gave a talk, and then I went up and talked to her afterwards. And, and, and she's all about... Um, being your authentic self when you're writing and putting yourself out there and that is really the way to connect and there's a lot of resistance to that when you when you write yes you do want to connect but do I really want to tell people some of these things that I did yeah yeah <laughs> um, so so um, that put me on a traje- trajectory towards this book and um, that may have been uh, sort of convoluted but that's my answer well, I mean, uh, as far as uh, how much do you actually reveal, I mean, society tells us that, uh, you know, we we shouldn't really share um, all these deep personal secrets, but um, the reality is, in ages past, you know, that's really where the wisdom came from, is the sharing of knowledge from people that came from before us. Right from elders. Yes, that's really very true. It's doubly difficult for a man in this society growing up because, um, as you probably intimately know, I can't speak for you, but for most men, um, you grow up uh, trying to to um, cover up any kind of um, uh, weakness or, or or anything like that, which isn't an issue for me. But you're absolutely right. When you get to a certain age, um, many things just aren't as important anymore. Um, you're kind of metaphorically living, leaving the, the Iliad of, of the adult war, which is all about sex and power and striving and the mortgage and uh, keeping up and climbing the ladder and all that sort of thing, to the Odyssey, which has its own challenges. Mm. When Ulysses was lost at sea for... 10 years trying to get home to Ithaca and his wife Penelope, uh, he had to go through a whole series of, uh, of challenges and, and transformations. And I, 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 it's a great metaphor for somebody who's leaving the quote-unquote war of adulthood and, um, and becoming, as you said, a, an, an elder. And there's an enormous amount of wisdom there. And that said, to, to, to step back a little bit to what I was saying earlier, um, it's it's really ironic. Uh, ironic is not the the right word because it doesn't carry the emotion <laughs> that somebody reaches a certain age and has a tremendous amount of experience, a tremendous amount of of wisdom, uh, and right when they're at their peak, they're told, "Thank you, you're not needed anymore." Yeah, and off you go. And if you've saved up a lot of money. You know, the idea is that you're supposed to just sort of sit back and engage in some innocuous hobby and play golf or whatever. I don't know what the, you know, all the messages that we get, um, but it's really quite, quite, quite horrible. But in actual fact, we still have a lot to give. But in case, in my case, in the case of many people, um, it's not so much retirement. It's really a, 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 a revisiting of your skills and your strengths and reinventing yourself and doing yeah. something different, particularly if there's the extra burden or issue of uh, having money coming in. Because 2008 happened to me. I don't know about your listeners. 
Oh, it happened to everybody. Yeah. Yeah, it happened to everybody in one way or another. And um, uh, my 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 wife works as well, and you know we've had student loans for our kids and mortgages and all sorts of things. And you know we get social security, but there's absolutely no way that that we can continue um, uh, the way we're living um, without having without me bringing in uh, uh, income. Income as a consultant overseas was very good. But I just don't really want to travel so much anymore. So I have to do something different. You know, one of the issues that you, uh, you know, the situation you're describing, it's it's really a, a systemic issue. You know, the fact that um, the economic system undervalues older workers with a, at the same time, uh, bringing in new technology, which... Um, really multiplies the rate of change and the need for adaption um, by people. And, you know, it becomes difficult at an older age to keep up with that rate of change. But, you know, the lessons are still valuable. And the system really doesn't uh, assign proper value to it because, you know, the system is designed to maximize corporate profit. Absolutely. And I think the rate of change is really not so daunting for most people. That's the nudge, nudge, wink, wink, Prevagen commercial stuff that we get all the time. I think most people actually don't want to retire. They are very creative. They do adapt. Uh, They've been adapting their entire life. But there is an ism, and that's ageism, that we've bought into our entire life. And it's, it's been internalized that when we get to a certain age, we think we can't do certain things or we are less than. Mm-hmm. I mean, one example is um, uh, if I go upstairs into the bedroom and I suddenly realize, um, what the hell did I come in here for? And then I think, oh, senior moment. No, no, it's not at all because I did the exact same thing when I was 20 and I didn't call it a junior moment. Yeah. And I've taken that uh, that line from Ashton Applewhite, who wrote a wonderful book called um, um, This Chair Rocks, A Manifesto Against Ageism. Um, see, ageism is really insidious. It's another ism, and it's, it's bound to all the other isms. Uh, I'm a, a um, cisgender, privileged, white, wasp male, educated. I get it. And But when I got to a certain age, and I realized I wasn't all that, um, I also realized that, well, what, 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 and I re- my point is that the, the real first time that I faced serious, substantial discrimination that was so unfair and made me mad. And um, I didn't have a sudden epiphany or anything. I always felt I knew this, but it became very intimate to me that, wait a minute, a woman's got a double whammy. That's sexism and ageism. Mm -hmm. A woman of color has got three whammies. She's got racism, she's got sexism, she's got ageism. And they've been dealing with those other whammies their entire life. So um, my problems, my issues are certainly very important to me. And I'll never, ever minimize them. But uh, I would never, ever minimize uh, anybody else's either. It's, uh, it's, it's... For many men, uh, specifically white men, 
when they confront ageism, it's um, it's really very hard. Uh, the rate of suicide is very high. All the insurance companies know that men live shorter than, than women. Um, I think with women, and, and, and real me, and if I go off on a tangent, but I think women are better capable of dealing with the effects of ageism, and it affects them disproportionately. There's no question about it. Because they have been dealing with sexism their entire lives. They've been dealing with abuseism. Uh, women also um, typically are um, um, more in tune with their emotions and their feelings and are able to connect and share with friends about that. But men have been raised to keep those feelings in and to make light of them and to joke about them, quite frankly. So it, it becomes, uh, it's hard for everybody. Ageism is hard for everybody. So one of the things that you you mentioned traveling a lot in uh, your previous uh, career, um, what does ageism look like in different countries? I mean, is it is this kind of a unique is this a unique American um, kind of uh, ism? Well, not just that. I mean, what I would what I would inject is, you know, my experience, and I'm thinking about like my mother and my father, and you know, one of the uh, one of the main conflicts is there's only so much there's a limited uh, band of attention that kind of the system demands of you, and you know, paying the mortgage and doing the work and running the family around and the soccer and blah, 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 you know, all these other things. And at the end of the day, 
you know, parents, my parents, in my case, I guess, were, you just dropped off the radar screen. And, you know, I, thinking back and looking back, I feel terrible that I was obviously a terrible son. Um, I wouldn't say that. I would say that it's just a reflection of the society we grew up in. It is, it is, and I and I recognize and understand that, but that's my point, is that we're, we have to recognize kind of the uh, obstacles that are in our way when we're in our 30s and 40s and 50s to be able to, you know, um, change the dynamic, so to speak. Tendency to uh, categorize and pigeonhole people as fast as we possibly can. And my wife's a registered nurse, and she works in a skilled nursing facility, otherwise known as a nursing home. And the mo- majority of people there are between the ages of fifty and a hundred. Uh, I'm sorry, Jim. What what uh, what kind of a cohort is that? A fifty-year lifespan. What what is actually uniting these <laughs> people that span a fifty-year period? We, we, we talk about senior, which I think is a horrible word. We talk about elderly, which I also think is a horrible word. We don't need to even ascribe a word. People have asked me, well, what word do you use? And my immediate reaction is, well, why do I even need to use a word? If you want something, I'll just say older. Yeah. But it's all, but it's all relative. Um, I don't look at other people younger than me and call them youngers. Um, yeah. it's, all, it's all very, very strange. But one, one thing I want to say about the word retirement, um, I think it's just really a, 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 um, a, um, an obscene word. And I'll tell you why. Um, it's not a new word, I guess, but as, as, a, as an institution, it only happened in the late 1800s in Germany um, oh. when pensions were given for retirement and then only about in the 1930s or so in the U.S., when retirement and, and, and quote-unquote retirement age uh, became an issue. Um, it, Matthew Fox, the theologian, he's Episcopal priest, uh, he told me last year um, that, that he actually thought retirement was, was an obscene word and that we, um, we really should retire this word retirement and replace it with something like refirement or... Um, Renewment, renewalment, or rewirement, um, and, and I like that, and that influenced me in, in the title of the book, which is "Grateful Not Dead," and this has absolutely nothing to do with the Grateful Dead, although each chapter is. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. I noticed grateful, that. Grateful Dead, Grateful Dead song title. I, I do talk about this in, in, in connection with Boomers, but um, the title of the book is "Grateful Not Dead: Rewire Your Retirement, Refire Your Purpose." And uh, stop worrying about the money. So it's it's all really about mindset, and um, we do it to ourselves. We really do it just. We tell ourselves we can't do that anymore. Um, well, I shouldn't go to that place because I'm too old. Uh, I can't start something new. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I remember about a year ago. I mean, I I love the French language and I studied it. I'm not really very good at it. And I was thinking. Oh, I still got all these tapes and books and stuff. I really like to, you know. And, that, and then the first thing that popped into my head was, why bother? You're too old. Hmm. Well, hang on a second. I'm going to be living another 20 or 30. I'm 67. I'll be living another 20, 30, maybe more years. Yeah. Um, and I'd really love to spend those years speaking French. 
Well, one of the, um, you know, one of... Uh, mindset, mindset issue, really. Yeah, one of, well, and it also gets to the point of, um, I, don't, I don't know what you would call it, but, you know, my grandfather, he uh, passed away a number of years ago. He was 84. And up until the point where he was 83, he... He always spent time out in a woodshed where he did a lot. He always did construction. He uh, built several houses. He worked for the state of Maryland. And, um, you know, at 83, he was still working around a, uh, a table saw with one of those round circular saws. You know, all I could, all I could imagine is one day he's going to, like, slip and he's going to saw off his arm. But... You know, he, he just was continually active, even at 83. When he stopped being active, his health rapidly deteriorated. Yes, good point. And Great. that, I think, is really a lesson to be taken that, you know, whether it's in terms of, you know, starting some sort of, like, a, um, you know, a charitable practice or a, a business or... Just you've got to stay active in order to maintain a higher quality of life when you know you get to your older years. Absolutely, and a lot of people say or give you the impression all you need is you've got to exercise more, you've got to get out there, you've got to eat more, you've got to do this and that. And yeah, that that would be great, but that's really not what this is all about. This is about. Uh, uh, keeping your act, yourself active uh, mentally. And you can start a business, uh, write a book, do a little dance, you know, whatever, um, because you're going to have a lot more years uh, 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 to live. And it's very sad. You've, you've seen people like this, uh, Jim, and I'm sure your listeners have. It goes without question. People um, uh, that get to a certain age, and, and they've just given up. They've just given up. They've bought into it. Okay, nobody sees me anymore. Nobody really listens to me anymore. Um, I'm just, I'm on a holding pattern. Yeah. I'm on a holding pattern until I die. And, and it, it's, it's, if I, if I keep talking like this, I'm going to start crying, quite frankly. It's, it's incredibly sad and so unnecessary, but it is what, it is nothing that anybody has done to them. They have done it to themselves. And once you take responsibility for that, that yes, I have bought in to this, issues of whatever ism it happens to be, and I've internalized it and I believe it now. And once you get to that unpleasant place, um, it's going to be really hard to extract yourself from it. But you're absolutely right. Thank you for giving that example. And uh, he's not out there lifting weights or anything. That's not what we're talking about. He's keeping himself mentally active. I had a, an, uh, my grandfather's aunt, who's just my, my great-grandfather's sister, she lived to be 103, uh, she never married. This is probably one of the reasons. And she she uh, was active right up until well, I'd say she was probably 102. <laughs> uh, mentally active, physically. Yeah. And uh, again, I don't want to be so cavalier when I'm speaking about these things. Um, there are real health issues that people deal with, um, and that and that that affects you mentally and otherwise. So uh, that that is a part of aging. There's no question about it. But we don't need to obsess about it. One thing is the obsession over dementia, um, uh, you know, that senior moment business. Uh, people think that they're, um, they're losing their memory. Um, 
fact, in actual fact, the cases of dementia among uh, older people is really a lot lower than a lot of people would expect, a lot lower, but it gets very well publicized. Um, that said, it doesn't exist. But what's prevalent, what's so very common is anxiety over uh, dementia. And that's, that's what... So, where do you think... Um spirituality comes into play. I mean, it looks clearly, it seems like people are becoming a lot more spiritual. Um, and is spirituality really a, uh, something that can help in terms of, you know, creating a more, I guess, enjoyable older years? Um, I, I think it's really uh, essential, quite frankly. Uh, whatever spirituality means to an individual, and it runs the whole, <clears throat> you know, the whole the whole spectrum. Um, I, I do have a chapter um, uh, on this. Um, uh, sorry, I just got distracted for a moment. Now I'm back. Um, yeah, I do have a chapter on this. Uh, when we, when we, um, as, as I said earlier, sort of leave the Iliad or leave the, leave the, um, the war of adulthood, um, life takes on different meaning, and we do become more aware of our mortality. Uh, when we're younger, um, we're very much aware that it exists. <laughs> we intellectually understand that we will die, although we don't entirely believe it. Can't believe it could be anything other than this day-to-day routine that we have. And um, people uh, who have a, uh, I'll talk about spirituality as opposed to, to religion, religious dogma, uh, people who have a religion or, or spiritual practice, um, it can become much more uh, important to them and embellished. And uh, you're also looking at uh, maybe the religion that you follow and going to church or or, or synagogue or mosque every every whenever every every week, um, you start looking at it differently, and you start questioning more. Um, I think I started questioning when I was about fourteen, but um, and and everybody does question, but some some question more, um, a lot more. Uh, but what's my point? My point is that I do think that when these these concerns of being an adult um, have been reduced, then we're thinking more about what's within and going into ourselves and understanding ourselves and what that means in relation to the universe and the cosmos and God, if you will, and, mm. and, and, and all of that. And that, um, and, and people do, uh, turn towards that, and, and I don't mean turning towards it as a crutch, but just just to know yourself better, because to know yourself is basically spirituality. Well, I mean, Socrates, uh, yeah, Socrates started with, uh, you know, know thyself, and, uh, you know, I think it's definitely a, a dictum that people need to embrace. The challenge is, again, society really doesn't encourage that kind of self uh, awareness I would say and so it becomes again a, a struggle against kind of the overarching system to 
identify ways to create your own path. Right, right. It, it's also it's also a time to get more in touch with nature. Um, yeah. There was somebody whose name I can't recall. He's a he's a Canadian astrophysicist. He said that people are destroying. People are worshiping a god that they can't see, and they destroy nature that they can see, not knowing that they are destroying the god that they worship, yeah. <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. Um, it, it's uh, in, in my case, getting more more in touch with nature is extremely uh, important to me. Uh, um, but, so uh, what are yeah? Uh, so what are um, in terms of going to the to the book? I mean, what are some some takeaways as far as strategies that people can use to really kind of improve their older years? Like, what are the top three? strategies that somebody needs to think about in order to improve their quality of life? Um, narrowing it down to three is not particularly easy. Uh, well, that's why I made it three. One, but I would say, <laughs> but I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll do my best here. I would say, first of all, it's, it's um, very much about mindset. It's um, coming really facing this issue of ageism and what does it mean to me and how is it affecting me and why am I so miserable and depressed and is it me? Is it all me? Um, or is there something about society that is keeping me um, this way? Um, it can be... Um, it can be something like, uh, oh, when I was younger, you know, I, I, I protested against the Vietnam War. I was involved in women's rights and, and, and civil rights and all of this sort of thing, and, and, and it was wonderful. And I expanded my consciousness, and I, I, uh, and then I had to become quote unquote an adult, and I had other concerns to make my mark in the world. And now here I am at this age. And I'm looking at the world differently. I'm looking at the world more through me than through striving. And I want to not so much make my mark, but I want to sort of harvest my wisdom as a kind of legacy for, for, um, for younger people. I, I want to get involved in activism again. I'm, I, when I say I, I'm, I am speaking of myself, but I'm putting myself in the place of maybe some of your, your listeners. Uh, I'm tired of sitting on the couch and watching TV and angrily identifying obvious problems. I want to get out there and do something. But then something catches it and it says, oh, no, I'll look silly or no, I'm too old to do that. And in actual fact, there are many, many organizations that could uh, that, that, that can help. There's Saging International, there's Conscious Elders Network, there's the Radical Age Movement. If you, if you are just absolutely furious about ageism and want to do something about it. <laughs> mm. So, so uh, it's the takeaway here, I don't know about if I did three there, but anyway... 
the, the takeaway is um, <clears throat> you have a lot more years left. And yes, you might be dealing with some physical issues. And, 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 and I, I apologize. I personally am not. And I will at some point. But in spite of that, um, you don't have to give in to, I guess I call it mental illness, which is what ageism is, the effects of mental, the effects of, of ageism on our mind is a form of mental illness. It's telling us a lot of lies. So the first step really is to, um, is to confront um, your, your beliefs of ageism and what it means to quote-unquote get old. Mm-hmm. Consciousness. There, 
are many ways to do that. Many of us, including myself, when we were younger, we did uh, expand our consciousness, consciousness through psychedelics. That's still an option. Never went away. But there are other many ways, many other ways to uh, uh, to do that. Um, Rabbi Zalman Shakti Shalomi, Rabbi Zalman, who wrote this wonderful book from aging to saging. Uh, he was the uh, founder of, the, excuse me if I get it wrong, a Jewish um, renewal movement, um, um, and I, or I think. Anyway, he he and Ram Das were very instrumental back in the um, in the nineties uh, with the idea of spiritual eldering and conscious uh, eldering. And mm-hmm. Reb Zalman has talked at great length about how psychedelics has really uh, changed his uh, his view towards religion and, and all the rest. Uh, Bill Wilson, who founded um, uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, Alcoholics Anonymous is, is a pure product of his uh, psychedelic experiences. But there are other ways of of doing that. There's holotropic uh, breath work. There's yoga. There's just mindfulness in general. So. Uh, expanding your consciousness does not necessarily require uh, ingesting a psychedelic substance. Yeah. Uh, step nine is know the numinous. Uh, numinous, that's all about spirituality. And then the last one is take back your power. And that's, that's, that's take all your experience and what you've learned and you've gained and, 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 and turn it into something. Get involved in activism. Uh, the environment needs us. The planet needs us. They need our wisdom. They need our, uh, our, uh, our years of experience, uh, because there are a lot of adults running around that need to be calmed down, mm-hmm. and there are a lot of young people that need to be mentored, and your experience is very valuable. So yeah. those are the ten steps of rewind. I um I think that's a great list and uh, a great uh, acronym in terms of the ten steps. What I would uh, tie it all together with, though, and bind it up, is the fact that all ten of those steps require community and you know with a lot of like the way that we're conditioned when we we're living through our lives we're in this kind of space where we have to do it on our own we have to be self-reliant we have to be individuals and the reality is and the reality is that all of those things are strengthened and multiplied through community with other like-minded people. So reach out and expand the people who are positive influences and eliminate the negative ones. That's absolutely correct. And one of the reasons that, one of the motivations for me to not want to keep uh, working overseas and changing gears and jumping from country to country was uh, I, I missed a, a sense of community. But I understand what you're talking about. The whole process of aging does require a community. I have an appendix uh, in the book which is all about uh, uh, links to, um, it just saves you doing a Google search, which has uh, links to a lot of very good uh, organizations that focus on uh, anti-ageism, conscious aging, uh, spirituality, all, all of these linked to each one of these ten steps. Yeah. Um, one thing I would add, you mentioned uh, Ramdas. You know, I've uh, I would consider myself friends with Ramdas. We've met him several times in Maui, and uh, there's a movie that recently came out on Netflix called Going Home, which uh, Ramdas talks about uh, end of life and. Um, really kind of the pinnacle of 
the work that he's done in terms of becoming older and wiser. So, have you seen that movie yet? I have not. I know of it. And That's there's, an awesome. of course, his recent book that you know about, uh, which is um, um, uh, Going Home, Coming yep. Home. Uh, yeah, which is a, a wonderful um, story. I'm going to see if I can actually grab that title quickly. Um, no, it looks like I'm not able to, but it's yeah. Ram Dass. It's uh, the, the co-author. Uh, is Mirabai Bush. Thank you. There yeah. You so, uh, yeah. She's, she's awesome as well. Um, he's, he's definitely what one would call an elder. And yeah. uh, people don't become elders simply by getting old. Anybody can get old. <laughs> no, he's uh, he is a fountain of wisdom. Um, how, uh, if somebody wants to uh, read the book, um, contact you, how can they do so? Yeah, um, actually it's been free on... Um, it just was launched uh, last Thursday, and for five days it's free on Amazon. It's a Kindle. I haven't done the, the, the paperback will come out in a few months. But it's in Kindle, and uh, you, if you go there and just type in, you can type in Grateful Not Bad, it should come up. But my full name is Arthur Hayne, H-A-Y-N-E, Mitchell. I use my middle name because there's an erotic romance novel, which is already stolen. Arthur um, I'll not give you some of those titles. No. <laughs> um, you'll find my book and, and two others, but that should still be free today in Kindle, and if anybody wants it in PDF, then they can get it from me. Just simply email me. That's the easiest thing. And uh, my email is uh, it, zaparano at gmail.com. i got to have to spell that. Yes. It's Z-A-P-E. R-O-N-N-E-A-U at gmail.com. Z-A Perino. <laughs> awesome. I guess the purpose of that is to keep me keep me hidden. I have another one that's a lot easier, but uh, no, 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 that, that'll be Awesome. Well, uh, all right, I appreciate you. Uh, we ran over a little bit today, but it was uh, clearly worth it, and I uh, appreciate your taking the time to uh, chat and, you know, we'll have to get together again soon. Thanks, Jim. Appreciate it.